Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. <laughs> Hello. Now, nice to see you. Welcome to Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rehef. Well, a few cool kids in, a few less cool kids. I know it's, I think it's number seven. Uh, I've, I've, I'm not allowing myself to count out how many there are in, in total because it's too uh, scary to think how many more I've got to do. Um, it is kind of a slight debilitating. I think I've, I've realised this isn't actually. Um, a podcast comedy show. This is a long-running theatrical show uh, over the whole of Edinburgh in which uh, I reveal uh, my mental illness and tiredness, kind of. <laughs> and you see the breakdown of a comedian. Over, You've got to listen to them all in a row. And I, I, I started quite brightly and optimistic that I'd be able to get through it. Now I wish I was dead. <laughs> I genuinely do. Uh, and last night on stage, I felt like I might die because uh, on my main show. So I'm hoping I'll go I'll do a Tommy Cooper. That would be... Uh, Hopefully the beginning of the fringe, it'll be annoying to get to the end and then die. I haven't, haven't done all the work, that's, uh, that's my problem. I've had a bad day, I took my recycling in. Yeah, it's got to this because, you know, it's hard to come up with a new 15 minutes of material. <laughs> I took my recycling down to the recycling bins, they're very good in Edinburgh. Uh, and uh, I noticed someone had put a coffee cup in the paper recycling, a, a Starbucks coffee cup with plastic on it. That was wrong, and it's all uh, laminated inside. That shouldn't go in the recycling of the paper. So I took that out to put it in the bin, uh, and as I did so, loads of cold coffee poured all over my arm. So that is what you get for trying to save the world. That was my, <laughs> that was my reaction to the London riots, was to try and do some good by moving a coffee cup from one bin to another, and even that backfired on me. So uh, that was an awful thing to do. Um, and so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I follow Craig Hill, uh, the, uh, the Scottish... Slightly camp comedian. Don't think. Don't think he's got a girlfriend. But um, he does. Uh, I don't think so. He's a lonely guy. Uh, he wears a he wears a PVC kilt during his show. And I don't know whether it's him. I've come in. His is packed. You know, he's a very popular uh, comedian. And when I went into the sh the room after him last night, the whole room smelt of dirty crotches. And I don't, it just really. I couldn't work out. Was it Craig or was it his audience? I mean, it's not. Or was it me? That's the thing. I'm wearing the same suit. It might just might. I'm going to smell myself in that environment. That was quite nice. I would just say, don't eat your lunch off of Craig Hill's genitals. That is my, <laughs> just in case. Dan Antis. No, Dan Antipolsky is he? That's a little throwback to two days ago. You don't know what I'm talking about. So um, go and listen to them all in order. I think yesterday's podcast hasn't gone up yet. It was very good. Uh, so I'll try not to back reference that uh, yet. Uh, but uh, it should be up soon. Um, and uh, what else is going on? Um, so, uh, oh yeah, I mean the, the London riots carrying on, and now everyone's trying to work out why they've happened. And I saw in the Daily Mirror a man asking, "Is rap music to blame for <laughs> the London riots?" I reckon it is. Probably is that, isn't it? Probably rap music. Just it's taken 25 years for rap music to permeate through and have create that damage. You'd have had to be listening to it since you were a baby, and then suddenly now. Finally, rap music has created a right rather than the Conservative government. And my, I blame Michael Gove. That is, that's who I blame. Not, I don't think he's done anything. I just think he's a cunt. And I, I, uh, <laughs> so he was on Newsnight last night going, no, don't, it's not anything to do with the Conservative government. Don't make this political. It's nothing to do with Conservative policies. Oh, so you are making it political. That's very nice of you. And oh, yeah, there's some uh, there's some business to pick up on. A couple of days ago, we I'd had a scone before uh, before the show. It's very exciting, isn't it? My, uh, it's very exciting. It's a very exciting. Uh, you didn't think it was going to be scones, did you? Scones and recycling. That's why. That's the kind of stuff I do. Uh, and uh, I, we had a little discussion about how people say scone and scone. And a woman at the back shouted out, "I say scone." Uh, and I said, well, that's no surprise, madam, with that, you're the poshest woman in the world. But I've had uh, an email uh, from Sean Collins. Dear, good evening, Richard. My wife, Stephanie, and I were at the podcast recording on Saturday afternoon. It was a cracking hour. Oh, come on, there's no need to say that. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Stephanie was the lady who shouted out, I say scone, when you inquired as the correct pronunciation. And you said she had the poshest voice in the room. I did. She was not happy. She is from Barnsley and was showing solidarity with your Yorkshire roots, so was shocked at the quick line and rapier wit. Can you please say sorry to her tomorrow during the recording and make my life a little bit easier? <laughs> I could do, or I could just say that your wife Stephanie is a twat. Uh, and uh, you've just made it worse, Sean Collins. You thought you were going to get away with it. She's the poshest woman in the world now. All that's happened is it's happened twice. 
<laughs> he thought he was, she's giving him a hard time. She's blaming him. Like, I'm blaming Michael Go for the riots. <laughs> she's blaming him for what I, what I said. Uh, oh, and I'm going to try to do some uh, Michael McIntyre. I'm trying to get on the Michael McIntyre Roadshow, and the problem is most of my material is about spunk, and... Uh, <laughs> They don't like that. They don't like observation. They like observations about real life. Like the recycling bin one would have been good. So I'm trying to work up some observational comedy. This is some observational comedy I've come up with today, trying to get on the Michael McIntyre Roadshow. Aren't people all cunts? Aren't, aren't they? Have you noticed? They're all fucking cunts, aren't they? You notice it in Edinburgh when it's raining. This is the, this is the observational bit. Because you're walking around with an umbrella, and everyone else is walking around with umbrellas. And I'm the only person who moves my umbrella to let other... Everyone else just walks along like that. And I'm doing... The, I'm, you know, Mary Poppins in around, flying around. And they're all just steadfastly walking with their massive golf umbrellas. And people are cunts. So if the Michael McIntyre producers would like to get in touch, you can... Uh, I could take the word cunt out of it. It's not as funny. The cunt bit was the funniest bit. This man here just sitting... You're going to be a tough man to... Be, you're looking... Even as I'm talking, the man at the front is looking... I think he's looking over at you. I think he's taking a little fancy to your, you and your lacy top. And why not? Hey, you're here with your dad, aren't you? That's a nice... It's nice to come out. Nice to, nice to see a young lady coming out with her dad. Yeah. <laughs> Are you together as a couple? Yes, with your dad. That's disgusting. So I had it... How did you work that one out? Old timer, Miss Silver Fox. Beautiful young lady here. How did you, how did you manage that? Massive cock. Lots of money. One of those two things. Uh, and you, this, he's jealously looking over this, this fella here. I'm imagining he doesn't have a girlfriend. That's your mum behind you, is it? Yeah, I will be careful. <laughs> careful. Says, you can't tell me off. You can only tell him off. I can say what I like. You've got no power over me. I can leave my pants on the floor if I want. He can't. You've come out, you have come out with your mum. That's nice, but you made her sit directly behind you, I noticed. <laughs> Slightly. You chose to sit behind him just to keep an eye on him, make sure he didn't get into any trouble. Does he need looking after? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's all right. How old are you, sir? 42 years old. That may, well, it seems impossible. You must have been 11 years old when you gave birth to him, which I believe is the average age in Scotland. Uh, so that's... Uh, that's acceptable, but you're very, very, your mother's a very attractive woman. If, uh, hey, it's all right, you know, I might try and get in there later on, why not? Uh, there is a rule, I do have a, I'm very happy in a relationship, madam, I'm afraid, but I have a rule that my girlfriend doesn't know about, that I can have sex with anyone I want during this podcast. So if you, uh, <laughs> and she can't do anything about it, it's like a little amnesty of sex around here. So if you, you know, fancy your chances later, not a chance. No, oh, don't put yourself down. You've got a chance. You've got a chance. Uh, so, very good. Uh, there's a small squid produce bigger sperm. That's the big news on the BBC today. <laughs> Anyone spot that story? It's kind of quite hard to find stories at the moment. It's mainly about people being killed and uh, houses burning down. But small squid, to make up for being small, produce bigger sperm. You should see the size of my spunk, darling. I tell you, it's like a trout. It comes out here. I'm overcompensating. That's what they're doing. They're overcompensating for being little by having massive spunk. How do they? How does that work? Because you don't wouldn't know until the spunk had come out, would you? That it was big. The, the little spunk. The tiny squids must be wanking into the water, going, "Look at that! Look at the size of that!" And to a lady squid, that is an exciting thing. So uh, that's good news. And what was the other piece of news I had for you? We're going to bring on our guest in a second. Oh, the super super mice have evolved. There's a super mouse. Um, the mice have started breeding. We've seen species that should not breed, and then now there's a breed of there's a breed of mouse that, is, that can't be poisoned because it's bred with uh, it, German and Spanish mice have started breeding with African mice, uh, and they're different species. This is the world's evolving. This is the X Men. It's the X mouse, <laughs> the X mice. It's terrifying, aren't you scared of that? That's going to be a super mouse. I might talk to Glenn Wall about that uh, in a bit because I've got nothing on it and I'm hoping he will. So um, we're, we're going to crack on because we've got a brilliant guest. I'd, I'd forgotten to book uh, a comedian to do the five-minute slot. Are you getting up to leave, sir? What's, what's your name? What's your name? Graham. Yeah, it's good to just, you know, relax, take your coat off. We're going to be here for an hour. It's all right. You know, it's raining outside. Yeah, but I think, we, I think we'll be okay. You won't feel the, be he won't feel the benefit, of, will he, Mum? He won't have the benefit of that. When he goes back out, that is very true. I know all about my, I've got a mum as well. It's kind of amazing, amazing coincidence. You and me, we should go out, have a drink afterwards, eh? Um, so, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> after, after I've fucked your mum on stage, 
This is going to be a great, this will be a great podcast for you. Imagine that's RP Air going, it's all right, don't worry. No. Uh, okay. Uh, so <laughs> you're allowed to say what you like, Glenn. Actually, Glenn was in the toilet, so I don't know if he's... Are you out of the toilet, Glenn? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> he was doing a poo. So uh, if you smell anything, you know, it's Canadian. Yeah. They usually just use leaves, so he's not used to... Uh, this complicated toilet paper system we have in the United Kingdom. Will you please welcome my guest? I think he's one of the most underrated and brilliant stand-up comedians working in the world. It's the fantastic Glenn Wolf. <laughs> Glenn Wolf. Thanks. You can't eat your dinner off Thanks, of his foreskin, man. though. I didn't realise that's what that toilet paper was for. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's okay. I washed oh, it. Hey, no. that's a wipe my ass with my hand yeah. joke. That won't play on the podcast. It won't play on the podcast. I'll explain it. You were shaking my hand for a long time. Transferring his fecal matter onto mine. Mm. Get it? And Get now it? I, lick, I licked it off. Well, yeah. How do you think about that? Mm. Pretty nice. Yeah, uh, so they're, they're looking at us like not at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> jackasses. We haven't even had dinner yet, and you're already doing poo games. Yeah, well, don't, that's, they'll, they'll be used to it. So what are, you, what are you doing up here, Glenn? Are you doing a show or something? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it just happened to be. I was so surprised. There's a big festival going <laughs> <laughs> That's fortuitous. <laughs> Well, yeah. how many times have you been to the Edinburgh Fringe? Quite a This fair few. will be my 13th time, I believe. Ah. Yeah, I figured it out. Um, yeah. From the amount of times I've done the uh, Edinburgh Festival, I am now one year Scottish. Yeah, I've got... <laughs> I am, but yeah. at one month increments... Yeah, yeah. I've, I've do this, I, do, I do the same thing. I'm, in fact, in my radio show, so you don't think I've nicked it off you, <laughs> I'm doing a sketch of exactly that, because I've done 20 fringes. So I'm, I'm, I, I've, uh, if I see a 19-month-year-old... A Scottish child who's lived in Edinburgh his entire life. I go up to him and go, "I'm more Scotch than you are, mate. Bad luck." <laughs> and that then the mothers are so upset that an Englishman is more Scottish than their child, they have to leave it on the hillside to die because it's too, <laughs> it's too human. You can use the Scottish, their sense of pride in their self is so strong that I think I can actually destroy Scotland or all the Scottish people. Then English people can move in and just set it on fire. That's what we like to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got an idea of the level of the room now. <laughs> no shit jokes, but uh, yeah, leaving babies to die, as long as they're English. The danger is, the danger is though, that if you leave a 19-month-year-old Scottish child, in, it'll become feral and they'll survive. Oh, yeah. And they'll become... <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a kind of tribe of super Scottish, so they, they won't be... Uh, yeah, actually right. eating better than they would have <laughs> had, they, had they been left with their parents. Uh, living off roots, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your show about this year, Glenn? Uh, it's about me not having a, an address. For the last three years, I have just been doing uh, tours and festivals and that sort of thing, so... Uh, you don't have a house? I have no house. I actually... Um, Three years ago, I got uh, divorced. Good work. And uh, yes. That, that's where the house went then, right? Well, I actually <laughs> got bought out of it right before the property crash. <laughs> <laughs> or as I like to call it, God taking my side. <laughs> Do you think you maybe caused the property crash with the the expense of the amount of money you bought for your house? So, so you've 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 um, you've that. So you've been just touring, well, traveling the country, traveling the world, traveling the world. You don't have a base. No base. I go, I mean, I go to America a lot more now than I was uh, before. I'm Canadian though. Before you wondered, yeah, before you thought that was obvious. <laughs> why why wouldn't you go to America? Well, all the all the Canadian uh, comics have big beards. That's how you can tell them the difference. That's it. If they no, talk no, like that, no, 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 I got divorced. <laughs> hey, hey, we're off. Hey. Maybe, is he? We don't know. <laughs> so, so you never have to buy shampoo or anything, presumably, because you've got, you know. No, towels. man. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually even how now have a plastic soap container that I take with me and put little soaps <laughs> in it, and I'm making like a mega soap. <laughs> For when you have a house. Yeah, <laughs> one day. <laughs> or a sculpture, <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> because it is, I mean, I, mean I, I tour for like three months, and it's kind of a really lonely and weird existence. You take your, wife, your girlfriend with you, though. Yes, yeah. yes, that's, uh, that's what's made it uh, doable. Uh, my lovely girlfriend, Carol, comes along with me 
all the time now, and we don't make a ton of money. We pretty much spend what we make just traveling more and seeing the world. So um, you know, it's all right. We're not. It, you don't. You don't ever have any. Um, big wants when you travel like i mean you always got hotel rooms but our bags can't get any heavier and they're they're burst so y y if you're gonna buy something new you have to r figure out what you're gonna throw away like can you imagine that sort of <laughs> existence you know it takes away all materialism like if i had been in london i would have had nothing to loot <laughs> <laughs> Though they did go through that guy's backpack with it and then took his sandwiches. And then do you see them? I mean, yeah, I would There was an awful video of these guys mugging some guy who's already hurt and then they pretend they're helping him. Do you see this? I mean, it's awful. It's not funny at all. But they, uh, and then they were helping him and then they opened his backpack and took all the stuff out of his backpack and then walked away, looked at it, went, no, that shit, and threw it over the bridge. Yeah. That was, I think it was just the most awful example of humanity. People are cunts. That's what I keep trying to tell you. Can't get on Michael McIntyre's roadshow with this stuff. People are cunts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, here's my plan, and, you know, tell me if this is wrong. Is it not time for men to start punching teenagers again? <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, they're like, who do we send in? The army? Just release the men. <laughs> that's one thing that all the men here will not tell you about. But teenagers' faces to us... We have to fight the urge every day not, <laughs> not to punch them because that's how humans spread out, okay? We started in Africa, and then we had a nice little village, and then teenage boys propped up, and we were just like, you fucking dickheads. <laughs> and we'd punch them, and then they'd go down the beach far enough away from us so we wouldn't, like, get on a horse and punch them because we even had that much urge. <laughs> So they spread all along the beaches because then they became men and they're like, who's those dickheads over there who's always punching us? I'd never, I'd never, oh, teenage boys. And then they'd punch their teenage boys and they just spread all around the world. And we don't have any outlet for that anymore because somebody made a rule about punching them. I don't know who did that, but bring it back. That's the breakdown of that's the breakdown of society, not rap music. The the, the stopping of co corporal punishment. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, man. Need to just spat, when they're little. It's a de-stressing. You talk about medicine. Fuck that. You don't need any Prozac. Just the punching of a teenager in the face. <laughs> just try it. <laughs> Give it a go. Right now is a perfect time, <laughs> man. A good time. Nobody's gonna say anything, <laughs> and they're not gonna be ready. Are there Nobody. any teenagers in? We can test this. He looks, Bring quite, him he up. looks quite young. I'd like to see Glenn. Do you want to punch that guy? He does. He's got quite a punchable face. But it, it would be. He seems mainly harmless. He's having a nice drink. Just watch it. Don't come and steal our stuff. Glenn has only got a little bit of stuff. Don't steal off him. Yeah. He's like the littlest hobo traveling from town to town. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow you'll learn to settle down. So would you like? Ideally, would you? Would you like it? Would you like to have a, <laughs> a base somewhere? Is it, what, what's the, what's the I plan? I keep thinking I do want a base, and I keep making plans to have one. And uh, then I get there, and for two weeks, I'm like, good, I'll settle down. And then I just like, no, I'll just fucking go back out on the road. Like I'm, you know, I've I've morphed into this touring animal. <laughs> It's good, like you're a nomad, a, com a com yeah. comedy nomad. Well, if you punch as many teenagers as I do, <laughs> you got to keep moving. <laughs> so I, a few years ago, and I have to apologise to Glenn Wall because he had a very good routine about uh, contracting a sexually transmitted disease, and I was meant to write it and turn it into a film, but I just couldn't be bothered. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I was uh, going through a period where I was finding it difficult to write. And it was a really good idea. It's a really good routine. about. And then it, got, it was the time, same time I was writing a book called Talking Cock and a show called Talking surprise, Cock. I was a little surprise. bit. I was a little bit uh, overcocked, even for me. I was yeah. too, there was too much. When you just wake up in the morning, you have to write about cocks and think about cocks and... <laughs> it just gets a bit too much. So then I had to write a film about Cox. But the, it was quite an interesting story. And then I've got quite an interesting story on top of it as a result of this. So, so tell <laughs> Keep your cock story <laughs> off my cock well, story, buddy. It, it, it's my not story. that kind of podcast. It is. Tell, tell us about what happened to you with this, with this I, uh, disease you contracted. Yeah. If you don't mind. I mean, if you don't mind, it's personal. But Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, I was having my morning shower. Uh, many, many years ago, and I looked down and noticed a little red dot 
on the end of my knob, and the first thing that I was worried about was, fuck, sniper. <laughs> but uh, it was not a sniper's dot. It was uh, a little red spot on the end of my knob. Yeah. And uh, I had to go to the doctor, uh, and they took a biopsy, <laughs> which oh, nice. I was lucky that I didn't know that they would ever do that to me because <laughs> I wouldn't have gone to the doctor but they like they didn't know what it was and uh, I guess that's the last thing you want to do is have a venereal disease named after you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah they uh, took a biopsy of it and then uh, put a stitch one proud little stitch on the end of my penis. It looked like a pig that had won a prize at a farming contest. <laughs> and then uh, looked me square in the eye as I went to limp out of the um, hospital and went, now try not to get an erection for a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess waking up's out of the question. <laughs> I had a long bus ride home. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it turned out in the end to be uh, lichen planus, yeah. which is a skin condition that can happen on your nose, on your arms, rarely <laughs> on your penis. Yeah, named after lichen planus, was it? Is there a man out there called... <laughs> 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 it's me, lichen planus, here I am. <laughs> That's how I got it first. Yeah. Latin times, but you didn't. That's not uh, a time, is it? It is. But you uh, didn't. You something went wrong, didn't it? As you weren't meant to get. Yeah, was, I was. was, that really I was that editing. Was the the, it's an afternoon yeah, show. It doesn't matter. It's going out at any time of the night. If your kids I, are listening, tell them they probably should have turned off when I said cunt earlier on. I um, had not relieved myself in a week of having a stitch in my penis, and I became amorous <laughs> and I thought I could get rid of a, a buildup that had <laughs> over a week become very strong and uh, I was doing it and I popped at the stitch. <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen blood come out of an erection? <laughs> it's it's quite intense. <laughs> I called an ambulance. <laughs> it's not the proudest moment of my life. <laughs> you can see how it gets edited out of the story every once in a while. So, this very music story, I was then meant to write this film about. As I was trying to write, I wrote about the first two scenes. And uh, as I was, you know, I was trying to write my book at the same time. And as uh, another time I had, I was in a relationship, I was going out with someone who's one of the rare times in my life that I wasn't sleeping around. So they were, uh, it, should, it should be, uh, and, and this is another one of those times, apart from remember, remember, darling? Remember what our arrangement? Uh, but um, uh, I was writing this film, and then I was in the bath as I was trying to write this film about this thing happening to you, and I noticed a strange red spot on my <laughs> penis. <laughs> Uh, See, I always thought that was just a very happy coincidence <laughs> for you after you wrote a big show about it. <laughs> I fucking had to come up to Edinburgh. <laughs> Richard Herring talking cock. Oh, did he? Did he talk cock? Because I talked to him about cock. So I, I looked at it and I thought, well, I'm imagining this because I'm writing this thing about this happening. And I looked at it and I wasn't imagining it. And uh, and there was a st an unusual spot that I that couldn't. And I went to the place, and they said, "We don't know what this is," which is exactly what happens in the, in the story. And they took a biopsy of it, which is exactly what happens in the story. And so I had a stitch put in my penis, exactly the same in the story. It was like a really. I just felt like fuck. If I write something, it, does it become true? Am I the? If I'm writing something down, it was you all they did. Seen how big his dick got in the story. <laughs> 
So it was kind of this really bizarre and weird coincidence. And then actually, for me, and you know, the problem was Glenn was doing this as a routine, so it wasn't even any good for me as a comedian. <laughs> I couldn't go if I went on going. This thing happened to me where I got I had the biopsy of my penis. I had to watch someone slicing part of my penis off. People go, "That's Glenn Wall's bit," and I go, "Yeah, I'm writing a film about it, but it also happened to me." And uh, and then how close all the, is this relationship then, between you and I mean, Glenn? I, I don't know whether you know it's transmutable by email. I was thinking, have I somehow caught it off of Glenn? Has he did he shake my hand for too long with it with after touching his cock and then I touched my cock uh, and it was a different thing I can't remember what it was called but it was a different thing but I had you know I had the stitch in and it was in they said it would fall out naturally the stitch would fall out naturally after a week and I was terrified because I knew this story about yeah. about the penis exploding and blood coming out and I was thinking well I'm, I must be you know I've got to not touch it but the stitch didn't fall out for about three it didn't come out at all like three or four weeks in it still hadn't fallen out and I was thinking am I still not able to masturbate or whatever and, and I you know I eventually did I had to release myself yeah. as well uh, and I was just terrified about it and I don't think since I've turned 14 there's been a three or four week period where I've not orgasmed I mean that is a long time there's not yeah. really been a 10 or 15 minute period since I was 14 <laughs> that I haven't <laughs> orgasmed I just orgasmed just now during the show I can cover it quite well so and and it was the most you know it was a very phenomenal uh, ejaculation yeah, yeah. Uh, and can you imagine if you'd <laughs> mixed it with blood <laughs> but i just thought i've I'm, i there was so much excretion and there was yeah. so much that i thought that i had and i just thought the whole thing is happening to me and it happened it was just a huge amount of semen <laughs> I tell you, do you know what? <laughs> There'd be squids what? out there looking at that, going, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> uh, did you see that? But it was kind of that. Isn't that like a spooky? And that was part of the reason I kind of backed away from writing the film for fear that or everything that your life might start. We do look yeah. a little bit similar. Yeah, I mean, I, may, no. I might just be you <laughs> two weeks later. Yeah, and you just pan back from this and it's just Richard talking to himself <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> That's good, but why, who's the other microphone? You can't see him. He's there. He's Canadian. So it's very okay, strange. Richard. But there, finally, I've been able to tell the story. Not sure it was worth it. It's, I'm fine now, though. Don't worry, it's gone. It's gone, madam. It's, it's fine. You can it's clean this. Do you know what happened to you me? You can eat your lunch off there now. <laughs> yeah. As an upshot of it, um, because I didn't know what I had, I had to contact um, all of my former lovers mm. to tell them that they needed to get checked out, too. And maybe this speaks volumes about the um, kind of woman that I'd been having sex with. <laughs> All of them took it as a rekindling. <laughs> <laughs> like I was getting calls. I guess the stitch out. Yeah, you can, you can come by. Like if a guy re-enters your life with the doctors don't know, <laughs> I don't know, but you want to go down there and get that checked out. Oh, you're back. I knew you'd I come think back. It's, um, there's something quite sweet and romantic, I think, though, Glenn, about telling... I think, like, the, you're told... I mean, I have been in this situation a couple of times. Uh, not that exact situation, but I, bet I have had to be in the situation where you've had to tell someone, people about that. And actually, I think people... A lot of people just don't bother uh, well, ringing, I, up, ringing I, up and saying anything. So it's almost romantic to ring up and say, by the way, I think I've had chlamydia. You might want to get checked out. Oh, you're the you loveliest guy in the world. <laughs> Aren't you lovely? Let's get back together. Because I had that. I got back together with one of my old girlfriends when I had chlamydia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So there's some and advice for you. Uh, now anyone, he's got chlamydia you're searching again. For love? Because she didn't get it cleared <laughs> up. <laughs> Has anything uh, been? Uh, how's your Edinburgh been so far? Have you, have you wonderful, wonderful. The, uh, the reviews are good. good. I don't, I don't read them, but um, they, I know. Like I walked past one. Uh, they, they st my management sticks them on the poster, and then you know you can't help but read one. And you tell me if you think this is fair. The byline said, "Eye-wateringly, gut-wrenchingly funny." Four stars. <laughs> I'm like, what sort of physical thing do you want to happen to you? <laughs> They're like, oh, that's only four stars. I didn't have a stroke, all right? <laughs> that's a funny show. My penis didn't explode and <laughs> shoot blood everywhere. That's, yeah. That'll be funny. Yeah, that's I've left I'm... crying. My belly hurts, but you, know, you could do better. <laughs> I could it's be wheeled out of here. It's hard. it's hard to get those five stars. That is a hard, that's mm. the, that's the uh, hard thing to get to. Well, the, the key is not to care. And, it is. Uh, you know, well, the, the way I look at it, uh, if you look out at a full audience and you make them laugh as hard as they possibly can, 
then that's a lot better. Like just one full audience will tell more people than a review will. So yeah, it is. If you can get crowd. to that stage, I mean, we're both. I think because we've been up for so long, we both are at that stage. Luckily, where people are coming early on, and then it is, it is word of mouth. So it doesn't matter. So the reviews become less and less important. Though I think it's, it's in part. I always, I always want. To, I read all, everything. I Google myself. Do you? I Google myself. I, I search for my name on Twitter, which is a dangerous occupation, but oh it's quite God. good fun because then you can. If people are really rude to you about you, you can then tweet them and go, "Oh, that's interesting." There's a bloke complaining about the fact that I gave away a free program in the show. Go, oh, Richard Herring thinks we're interested enough in him to have a little book about him in the show. <laughs> You're going to go, well, you know, it's kind of quite nice I'm giving a free program out. And most shows, you don't get them. There's a program about something else. Well, yeah, I thought you might like to read a, a pamphlet about skiing. And he quite... <laughs> <laughs> he quite obviously is interested. Yes. He got off his ass. He bought a ticket. He sat down at the Richard Herring show, and now he's watching. On who's this guy under the lights? But, he but thinks a lot of himself. <laughs> When's it my turn? <laughs> also, I mean, I'm very self-centered, of course, but also that it is for a charity collection at the end. So I could make him feel quite bad. Going, well, yeah, that's nice. It is. I'm, I'm collecting money for a charity with it. So. Who's the dick now? Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, but it is, it, you know, you can't. Avoid, if you're on Twitter, you can't avoid it because someone will email you, someone will tweet you, and go, "No, did you've got a bit of a ship review well, on the this, Independent?" This now. was my idea for the internet because they keep um, they keep wondering how they're going to make money off of music, and I think all music should be free, but it should be the cost of an album to put your opinion. On the internet, <laughs> they would make more money off of that than they ever did selling albums. It is a lot of fun. I mean, I enjoy. I mean, as Stuart does. I mean, most being me and Stuart down the years have nearly always put negative, uh, well, at least one negative thing from some mad person on our posters. I think Stuart's done something on his website, Stuart Lee, where he's done. Every, <laughs> he has a ticker tape of every bad thing, that's, uh, which I think it would be close to driving you mad to actually. I mean, the thing is, if you, I think the thing is, as a comedian especially, if some people don't hate you you're doing something wrong yeah because right? i mean it, it, i think once it gets over 50 percent of people liking you you're probably doing something a little bit wrong in the world because you know you don't want you've got to be surprising people so if 100 percent of people think you're funny unless you're more and wise which i bet there's still some people who would go fucking shit and cunts uh but uh <laughs> but you know the, it, so you you want to piss people off a bit you want to be upsetting well, people if you're doing interesting 100, comedy 100 percent of the world's not a good person no <laughs> you know, so you don't want everyone to like you no. because that would include people like Hitler. Yeah. You would have made somebody who's like Hitler laugh. Yeah. I'm hoping the guy who stole that bloke's sandwiches out of his backpack and threw them over a bridge. I hope he doesn't like my comedy. I have yeah. a feeling he wouldn't like it if he especially if he listens today. Oh, oh yeah, can you imagine go with me. He was on the net the other day going, I attended the Richard Herring concert <laughs> and I wanted to steal my program. <laughs> I was totally surprised to find out that they were free. <laughs> I did not enjoy it. But the comedy was great. He really speaks to me. <laughs> so every day I'm looking back at uh, previous Edinburgh. I'm working up chronologically through my Edinburgh. So I'd like to have a little think, Glenn, if there's an interesting story from your... Th there must be something that's happened in your 13, but I'll t I can't really think of very much amusing from 1990... I think we're up to 1993, right? Let me just work. 87, 88, three years off, 89, 90, 91. Talked about 92, dumb show. 93. 993, I did a show called Ra Ra Rasputin and a show called Lionel Nimrod's Inexplicable World. Uh, the, what's quite interesting about those two shows, Lionel, Din Lionel Nimrod's Inexplicable World was a sketch show I did with Stuart Lee, Alison McGann, Ronnie, Mc Ronnie Ancona were in it. It was a sketch show which was linked with, uh, with voiceovers from Tom Baker. What a good idea that was. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and also I was doing a show called Rara Rasputin, which was a show about making a play out of the music of one band, in this case Boney M, which no one had done at that point. What a good idea. Everyone's doing that now. So 1993, I was coming up with some pretty solid ideas that other people were going to make huge amounts of money out of. I know the feeling. <laughs> Now I've learned that it's better just a coffee. Wait until, <laughs> yeah. wait until something really good comes up. Then go, oh, I'll do that a couple of years later when everyone's ready for it. Uh, but uh, I, can't, I can't, I see it's such a long time ago. I can't really remember all that much about um, either of those shows. I remember one time uh, with Lionel Nimrod's Inexplicable World, uh, there was a, Tom Baker was on TV, on TV there. We, so we'd, it was a video of what we had to do. And one day the video didn't come on. It wasn't working. And me and Stu were backstage trying to, trying to make it work. And they had to sort of send out and send for a tech. Uh, and uh, the, sort of the show was about five minutes late starting, and it turned out we hadn't plugged the TV in. So that was, uh, <laughs> I think that was it. They're so it was good to have a tech for that. 
Techs are always impressed. (laughs) Nightcap to one side. Oh, okay, what's wrong? So that was none of you. None of you. Oxford. Is it? Cambridge. Which is it? Fucking geniuses. Here we go. Do you need me to drive you home afterwards too? So exactly, and uh, in, in Ra Rasputin, Sally Phillips, it was one of Sally Phillips's earliest who went on. T- I worked with a lot of people who've gone on to be very successful. Steve Coogan, Patrick Marbury, yesterday we were talking about. Uh, Sally Phillips, uh, Alistair McGowan. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favourite? Slowly <laughs> becoming this picture. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, have you got a favourite memory from your from all of your Edinburgh's, Glen? Do you rem- I find it hard. It's really difficult to remember because I think you and you, like me, enjoy a drink. Yeah. And so a lot of Edinburgh just melds into one kind of orgy. Yeah. Of and turns out it wasn't here at all. No. Give <laughs> <laughs> the story, you go, that's not... <laughs> oh, yeah, why would the Twin Towers be in that story? <laughs> at least we know when it happened, up to a point. Um, I, I think it was the first Edinburgh I did. It's This has always just struck me as a funny thing. Um... We, it was with uh, Craig Campbell and Stuart Francis, um, two uh, other Canadian comedians, and uh, we did a show called The Lumberjacks on Ice at the uh, the Tron, and we always used to finish the show and then drink upstairs at the tr- at the Tron, the b- the bar upstairs. And uh, this dude came in; he was um, one of those statue men. Like they paint themselves <laughs> all one color and then they stand still all day. And people give them money. And he came in, and like we were the only three people in the bar, and he sat at the other end of the bar, and he took his silver top hat off to reveal, like, unpainted head. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a silver face. And he orders a double whiskey and a, sh- and a thing of Guinness. And he's just, he's flustered. He's flustered about something. And I went, hey, hey buddy. Uh, How's your day been? And he just looked up and he went, weird. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't need to know anything more, man. My imagination's fluid. (laughs) Story's better without an explanation, sir. (laughs) Edinburgh is a terrific place to be. Um, I'm asking all of my guests this question, Glenn, and it may make no sense to you. I don't know how much you know about English culture. What would it take... Uh, for you to fellate the actor Keith Allen, what would you need? <laughs> what would you need in Again? return? <laughs> <laughs> You've done it once. You never go back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where do you think the spot came from? <laughs> it's good. That's the second best answer to that question. Susan Calman was the best. You won't have heard it yet. It's not. Out, it's not been out unless you were here yesterday. Um, good. That's good. And uh, I'm doing a show about love. Do you have any thoughts about uh, my shows about what is love anyway? And I should have done this to everyone because I could just nick again. I'll just nick your thoughts on this. <laughs> But what do you? What does love mean to you? Do you think uh, you've, yeah. you've been divorced? I you've think been it exists. That's um, funny. I've, I'm, I'm very much in love with my girlfriend now, and um, my now. Years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Took my, me three fucking years, but finally, no, my, she won my me round. Present girlfriend. I'm very much <laughs> yes, in love. Okay. No, the one I'm not around anymore. <laughs> I still love her. Um, and uh, we've been together for a very long time, and she goes everywhere on the road with me. And uh, I was having uh, coffee with my friend Pete today, um, and uh, he said, "Are you going to marry her?" And I said, "No, I want her around." <laughs> 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 that was the thing too. Uh, I had to have coffee with Pete, and then I'm doing this, and uh, I've got to go do an interview afterwards. And uh, Carol said, uh, "What? Uh, what are you doing?" As I was leaving the house, I go, "Well, I got to go meet Pete." Then I'm sharing with Herring, and then I've got an interview with a Jew. <laughs> and I'm not sure about the man's religion, but I just assumed. It just made it, <laughs> made it the third rhyme. But it is quite a good time to get married because you don't have very much stuff. All it would, it would just yeah. it would just free up you if you divorce. It would just free up half your little bag, wouldn't it, for some more put more stuff in. It's pretty pick up some souvenirs. It's pretty easy to divorce in that where I would just stop buying her plane tickets <laughs> <laughs> and get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> does she does she have, does she work as well? Or is she uh, she's a very talented cabaret singer. Okay. Cool. Um, and uh, it's it's a bit difficult right now because um, she's. She has to sort of base her life around me, which is never easy for somebody um, in the entertainment industry because the gigs aren't always around. But um, 
since I make the money. I make the rules. <laughs> That's not true. Don't do a show together. She does my sound. Does she? Oh, she would. No, that's all right. But I just think that it's that danger. My girlfriend's a comedian as well, and it's kind of that kind of danger. And I've seen so Harry Shearer, who I really think is amazing. He does these shows with his wife, and you just think, don't do that. <laughs> She's not quite Harry Shearer. It's, you're a genius. It just, you just, just going to make. It's not fair on either of you because you're going to start getting compared. You know, it's going to turn into a competition. Yeah. It's inevitable. And then if one of you is the most talented comedian in the world which could be the case in your relationship, not in mine, or maybe my girlfriend. But, you know, the other one's going to come off of nasty. And it's kind of, I can see the appeal. It's nice to sort of tour together, but it's kind of, should, should you get to work in the same town you're, you're working? It but. works sometimes. Like, she, um, she, she can do her own show. Like, she's in a show called The Mess, which is very good. Uh, it's on at uh, midnight in the Assembly Gardens, and it's... Um, it's uh, cabaret singers and some jugglers and, and, and uh, you know, a bunch of that shit. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and she got that just from being up here because the woman that was supposed to do it has meningitis. So, you know, good news there. Um, so, yeah, uh, and uh, we're, we're going to make a bigger attempt um, through uh, the year. But that, that's one of the problems. Is unless I'm doing a fringe festival, then there's usually not a lot of cabaret going on yeah. at the comedy festivals that I go to. But mm. she does she does some shows. And it's good. Good. Uh, and have you seen any shows? Have you been to see anything this year? Nothing, no. man. I, I, well, I saw, I saw The Mess last night. Um, but uh, it's just not a good time. Uh, like, first week of the festival, yeah. anytime you start watching a show... You just start thinking about your own show <laughs> and then going, I shouldn't be watching a show right now. I should be working on my own show. And that pretty much goes through your head for about an hour and then everybody starts clapping. And <laughs> is that for me? That, that was a good thought, wasn't it? Oh, oh hey, hey, that guy, he's good. Yeah, well, that's why I'm getting people on here that I like so I don't have to go out. So I can just sit here, yeah. watch their show, ask them about love, see what they say, write it down. That's in the show tonight. So uh, uh, we're going to have a spot now, a short spot from uh, an up-and-coming comedian. That's what we usually do, someone you should be watching out for. Uh, I forgot to book anyone today. Uh, so um, the, uh, the up-and-coming comedian has uh, upped and come and is going up again. Uh, he's someone you will... Are, are you ready? Is he here? Are you there, Simon? Yes, I can see some kind of ghostly <laughs> figure. Uh, is that an absolutely delightful? I'm going to get him on as hopefully as a, a, the main guest in one of the future podcasts. But he lives across see the how road. He does tonight. He lives literally across the road, so uh, it's been very easy to get him over <laughs> to come and do five minutes. He is the amazing. Please welcome him, Simon Munry, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, uh, good afternoon. Um, I was walking down the road the other day. Which road? See, doing my own heckles, saves time. <laughs> Same road as ever. Think about it, all roads link up, don't they? Topologically, there's only one road. <laughs> if you can imagine a road that isn't linked to any other road, it's not a road, is it? It's a runway. <laughs> I was walking down the road, it was raining, uh, as it is now, and um, everything was glistening. Everything was glistening, and I thought, the world is so beautiful. Why would anyone in their right mind bother to take drugs? And I remembered I was on drugs, and that was the reason. <laughs> Tried to trace back my addictions. I was thinking, what was my first addiction? I thought, of course, air. <laughs> Followed by milk. Like a fool, I mixed them. <laughs> Next one after that, attention. I'm over that. <laughs> uh, television. I don't watch that anymore. Well, having said that, uh, my father-in-law died last year. We went over to Australia for four weeks to spread his ashes. Big man, took a month. Well, I was, was jet-lagged. I woke up, I didn't know where I was, what time it was before. I'd known what I'd done, I turned on the TV for comfort. But it didn't give me comfort, it gave me Mission Impossible 3 with Tom Cruise. And I watched this for seven or eight minutes thinking, is this a film or is this a trailer? <laughs> I couldn't discern a plot. I was too busy reeling from the shock of constant explosions intercut with what I regard as the fetishisation of switches. <laughs> it's what your modern action film is. <laughs> Sensible question, smart remark. <laughs> and then the music comes in in case you didn't know what to feel. <laughs> smoking, gave up smoking a couple of years ago. Took up telling people I'd given up smoking. Uh, it's 
an alternative addiction. You get a buzz out of it. Tell a friend, they're giving up. They go, well done, pat you on the arm. You feel good. But it's like a fag, where over about five minutes, you've got to find another friend. <laughs> Not long, you're running out of friends, just acquaintances. I've given up smoking. Who are you? <laughs> and I still smoke. I did stop for two weeks. I've cut down with the other strike. You'll smoke or you want to cut down or quit. Suck in, blow out, instead of getting cancer, get a note. <laughs> the thing I've discovered, harmonica players are actually less welcome than smokers at most restaurants. <laughs> this one's called Stop the War. <laughs> Stop the War. <laughs> Stop the War. <laughs> Stop the War or I'll keep playing. <laughs> You never know, it might work. Uh, on that subject, I did go on that war march the other year, the uh, pro-war one, not very well attended. <laughs> but we won. <laughs> no smoking in bars, no drinking in the tobacconists. Where's it going to end? <laughs> no javelin at the opera. <laughs> anyway, there have been a lot of songs written over the years. More news later. <laughs> it's like that. On the radio, the telly, they always go, later on. I think, tell us now. Don't waste our lives with constant suspense. Later on, coming up... I mean, the ultimate version would be this week. Later on, we'll be taking a look back at just a few of the things we didn't have time for earlier. But before we do that, here's a sneak preview of just one of the things we don't have time for now. <laughs> Keep watching. And I've recently written a song about how my conversion to Catholicism has helped me overcome various problems in my life. Um, it's called I'm Much Better at Coping Since I Let the Pope In. <laughs> I only got as far as the title with that one. <laughs> I would like to do a song for you now, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd be kind enough to provide uh, a bit of a clapping beat. <laughs> one more for the road, my friend. One more. This will never end. One more. Let us not pretend. It's one more. Ten more to drive us round the bend. We'll end poor. All the money we spend, there'll be only one place we can go. Oh, there's a pub where you're going to go Where nobody knows your name They're too gone to know who came You're going to go where their faces are all the same Where the spoons Heaven's waiting room And breakfast is from seven And lunch is from noon And we drink and drink and drink And then we die If you drink like there's no tomorrow Soon there will be Drown your joy and drown your sorrow, soon you'll ill be. Cos whatever gets you through the night, or whatever gets you through the night, or whatever gets you, never let you, never let you, never let you, never let you out of its sight, or whatever gets you through the night, will fuck up your day. Uh-uh-uh, all the alcoholics, uh-uh-uh, all the alcoholics. Oh, I like it, so I pull a ring on it. Oh, I like it, so I pull a ring. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, that's enough for me for now. Um, I'm doing uh, my show after this one, so get out quick at the end. Uh, here's Mr. Herring. Simon Munnery, ladies and gentlemen, he's on at the stand at approximately 2.40, I guess. 3.40, I mean. So don't come at 2.40 and you can see me. Uh, but uh, Yeah, so go and see him. He's, he's an absolute fantastic, amazing genius. Uh, it was in The Dumb Show, which I talked about yesterday. Uh, and uh, was not one of the ones who had lots of drink in his nose. That's, uh, yeah, well, one person was here yesterday, so uh, that's good. <laughs> um, we're going to do a competition now where one of you lucky people here can win. There's loads of stuff today. I've got a £40 vote voucher that suddenly the Scottish people in the audience are going to pick up, perk up for wine, a £40 wine voucher. Uh, yeah, courtesy of Andy Bates and... Um, Actually, I've got the wrong piece of... Oh, no, it's on the other side. Uh, and it's from uh, Den Plan. He's a dentist. He's insane. I think he's here. Are you here, Andy? Yeah. yeah, there he is. He's insane. He's a stalker. Uh, but he's given us 40 quid, so I've got I've to... That's all you have to do if you're a stalker. You can become... Uh, if you win, Andy, I'll give, I won't give this to you. Okay. All right. Uh, and uh, there's also a copy of As It Occurs to Me, The Complete Pumpkin. Yeah, look, a lot of you looking... You didn't bring any pharmaceutical numbing implements with you, did you? <laughs> Yeah, look at your teeth. Yeah, listen to Coop, listen to the techie laugh. <laughs> he was he was thinking it. I yeah. asked. <laughs> Andy, uh, when I was on tour, and offered to look at my teeth. He said, "If you're you know you're in Yorkshire a few days, do you want to come to my surgery and me have, have me check over your teeth and put you under anaesthetic and check it?" 
I decided not to do that. Uh, I, de- I decided I wouldn't go to an insane fan's <laughs> dentist place yep. and be put take under anaesthetic. Take your belt off. I'm about to check your teeth and count backwards from ten. Here we go. So uh, we've got uh, tickets also uh, for Steve Gribbin, uh, Laugh at First Sight, which is at the uh, Stand 2. Very good at eight, 1855. Uh, Ro Campbell, who's... Uh, who's, yeah. who's Great it, guy. He, it's, uh, his show's called On Here, Uttering Bad, but it isn't called that, but it's, that's quite, it gets shortened. So Uttering Bad. I, th- I think it's good, though. Uh, so, uh, what's it actually called, Chris? Uttering bad shillings. Uttering bad shillings. Does that it's make sense? It was the old charge for uh, counterfeiting. Yeah, so it's been shortened to uttering bad, but it's very good. Laugh at first sight, the Street Grimmie Show. So what I need you to do is all stand up on your two feet, uh, and if you have two. And uh, we're going to make a statement, some statements. They may be true, they may be false. If you think they're true, you put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, you put your hands on your bottom, your own bottom, madam. Uh, and uh, you can put them on mine if you like, darling. Uh, and uh, if you get it wrong, you have to sit down. It's a self-policing system, uh, but uh, it's policed by uh, Glenn Wool, who will punch you in the face if he sees you, if he sees you All cheating. I don't play favourites. <laughs> if you cheat, you get hit. You get hit. So uh, we will start off. I've just been looking at my phone in, uh, as Simon was on, and the sad news has been declared that the newsreader, Kenneth Kendall, has died uh, today. Is that true? Or is that false? That's easy. From Treasure Hunt and the news, Kenneth Kendall has died today. I mean, it would be an awful thing to make that up. Is that true or false? So if you think it's true, put your hands on your head. If you think it's false, put your hands on your bottom. The seat of all falsehood, Kenneth Kendall has sadly died. It's false. Uh, it's, uh, sit down. If you'd been listening to the podcast, you'd have heard that two days ago. I did it yesterday as well, but that one hasn't gone out yet. So, he was, uh, um, But, you know, by the law of averages, I'm going to get it right one day, and then yeah. uh, everyone's going to think... Do you know he yeah. was one of the first calls I made when I found that spot on the internet? <laughs> Kendall, straight Kenneth, to the news. Get yourself checked, buddy. Do you have a <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a statement of truth or falsehood for? Uh, oh fuck! Uh, I last year saw a ghost <laughs> <laughs> and the UFO. <laughs> True or false? The, way, the stuttering way it was delivered implied falsehood, but it, he's a supreme actor in Canada. That is, there is a man going for true. If, he, if he's right, there's a couple going for true. This could, this could, is that true or false? It's true. Wow. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sorted the men out from the boys. So we I was so pissed <laughs> off at you. You're like, oh, he's stuttering. That of course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> so we're down to two, which is amazing already. Um... Uh, so uh, I'll do another question. Uh, so is there, is there another one there? Are you still in? You're out? No, you're just standing up. Cause, uh, oh, three. There's someone at the back, so we definitely need some more. Uh, talking of uh, genital illnesses, uh, the comedian Stuart Lee once asked the comedian Harry Hill to look at his penis uh, to confirm whether he had genital warts or not. Is that true or is that false? Did he showed Harry Hill his penis. Is that true or false? Uh, two men have gone for false. One has gone for true. It's true. So uh, we've got it very quickly. We, uh, that is the quickest that has ever happened. Come up, sir. What's your name? John. You've won uh, an As It Occurs To Me. And hold on, I'm going to give you a couple of tickets. Uh, Roe Campbell, you're going to go and see. And uh, also Steve Gribbin. The guys who came, uh, who, was, who was still in it over there. There, you, go, you can go and see Roe Campbell. Uh, the guy who was still in the back there because someone passed those back to him. Steve Gribbin tickets back to that guy there. We've got some, uh, you can take your mum to see Roe Campbell uh, or anyone you like. Do you want to, you can, I mean, I mean, you can go and see. You, know, you can take a date. You can split up. You don't have to go everywhere with your mum. It's all right. You can, you can change. So because that's happened so quickly, Glenn, thanks. <laughs> you didn't fucking see a ghost. I did. You did not. See, I did see yeah, a didn't. ghost. You didn't. You might have thought you did, but you fucking no, didn't. Uh, you drug-addled maniac. No, uh, because two <laughs> weeks earlier, my girlfriend had seen the same ghost. Wow. So that's def- <laughs> So you're both mentally ill. That's which is why you're together. Yeah. And what? Where's the UN? <laughs> where's the? <laughs> it's coming for you. <laughs> What was the ghost? Oh, let's talk about the ghost. What was? Yeah, what was it? What form did the ghost take? Uh, a uh, very <laughs> large uh, black man in a suit that was sitting on the bed. <laughs> yeah, that's her story. And she's taking <laughs> uh, We can all see him, honey. He's from the other world. <laughs> 
Well, he better you be going him. back there right now. <laughs> you saw him in a cupboard in his underwear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it was really odd. <laughs> I didn't whereabouts, whereabouts did you see? Where, where were you based at this point? Uh, we were in Wellington, New Zealand, yeah. and uh, my uh, girlfriend woke up uh, and she said she was up for long enough to realize that that it was a presence. It was sitting on the uh, the end of the bed, uh, looking at me, and then she was up long enough just looking at it, and then uh, she uh, she coughed, and it paid her attention, and then just dissipated wow. into the air. And uh, then two weeks later, uh, I woke up in Auckland and saw the same. Mine was better. Like it was like Technicolor and fucking spinning and shit, <laughs> but huge. Uh, like like bigger bigger than a human, but uh, floating. Over the bed, and and I had the same thing. Like, yeah, that is true. That is true. That's true. That is true. It's been verified by this show. What about the UFO glare? Uh, You've been seeing uh, a lot of stuff. That was Why is it all coming uh, to you. You can corroborate that on the internet. I was in New York in October, uh, and they've said it was balloons over, but there was two hundred people uh, standing on the street, Manhattan, three o'clock in the afternoon. Looking up, and they were they were floating all around. It it it, it was on the news, uh, but like I know what I saw. They were silver orbs, and uh, I looked on the internet that night, and what what was on there was what I saw. And then the next day, when the government came out with the it was balloon story, the same stuff was fucking plastered over with just obviously balloons floating <laughs> in the sky. But uh, and what they never reported on was. I was there watching with 200 people and uh, uh, across the street pulled up an elongated state car with, uh, you know, some dignitary in it. We had a police escort, two motorcycles, and behind them an anti-sniper SUV that had like the flashing lights so you can't get a bead on who's ever in the car. They pulled up across the street and the police would not acknowledge what 200 people were looking at across the street and whoever was in the car never got out so wow. it's like turning the x turning the x files right at the end it's rex how did this not come up earlier what i i was once the only ghost i've seen but this is like a, a popular delusion that people have is when you're half asleep um and you're just sort of waking up and you think you're awake you're not awake you have like the ha that hag that sits on your chest yeah. and tries to strangle you i've had that but that's so that goes back through history you get like uh, there's a like a mad old woman i was lying on the floor of a of a dressing room very tired and exhausted i'm more rational and i will look for the rational explanation though i think the ufo one is very interesting because you know it's still that definitely is an unidentified flying object whatever it is that's what yeah. uh, <laughs> it does well i tell people and they're like i saw a ufo they're like no you didn't I said, what I see? I go, I don't know what you saw, but it wasn't a UFO. I'm like, that's what the word means. Do I have to add the other letters for you to win the argument with one punch? It was an FO. Uh, but yeah, so I had this, I had this um, woman sitting on my, my chest trying to strangle me. I thought it was the, uh, the pianist Richard Thomas for a while who used to tour with us. But then it was, it was that kind of thing. But yeah, that's, that's sleep paralysis. No, right? that, uh, uh, Andy, will know, Andy will know all about that. He's put... I'm sure he's put a few people into sleep paralysis in his chair. Yeah, yeah. And then they've woken up with him were dressed you, as an old um, woman strangling them. Going, were oh. you doing your shows with the Gilded Balloon that year? Because that, that might explain <laughs> <laughs> who that woman was. <laughs> she probably uh, would wake up and she was going through your wallet. <laughs> room. A That's for, a Karen Corrin joke. There is a joke for comedians there. Karen Corrin runs. The, I cannot uh, be uh, responsible for the things that Glenn Wall says. Uh, oh, I can't she be, knows I I'm not her. responsible for the things I say. Uh, I'm hoping Steve Coogan doesn't sue me after yesterday podcast it'll be worth listening to that's not the reason it hasn't gone up yet uh, so what a lovely <laughs> teaser for all of you guys that's, that's going backwards for the people here everyone at home should hopefully have heard that one first anyway we have run out of time where 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 and when are you on 9 30 at the assembly one it's a lecture hall um uh, it's it's absolutely wonderful venue to see a gig in and can you imagine with that information also knowing that the person's going to be me oh. <laughs> bring your teenagers Simon Munry is uh, Simon Munry is on at the stand what time does that show officially start 3.40, as I thought, but I said 2.40 because I'm an imbecile. Uh, and I'm on You're here. You're just trying to trick people down to come see this show. Come and see this show. All the shows are here <laughs> at 2.20. 2.20. 
Come down tomorrow. We've got Dave Gorman on tomorrow, which will be uh, fantastic. We've got um, Francesca Martinez on Saturday. Sarah Millican on Sunday. It's all the big names are coming uh, down. So please uh, come book ahead for those because those should sell out. I'm doing my show, What Is Love, anyway, at uh, the Cow Barn at 8.50. There's some tickets left for today if you want to go. It's pretty good. Well, so, I'll buy two. Yeah, you can come. Buy two and then you'll have to go and do your I'll show. I'll buy... How, do ghosts get in free? <laughs> I'll let that. I'll bring if the that ghost will turn up, he can sit on stage with me, and, <laughs> I, and then I'll cough, great. and he'll disappear. Oh fuck! They can see me. Like he's just, <laughs> a, he's just a fucking starstruck ghost. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like what you said about that. He just keeps appearing in front of you. <laughs> oh, I, love I can it. see him right now. I love comedians. I love the I love the fact the ghost was sitting there and it was only when your girlfriend coughed you went oh fuck I'm meant to be invisible uh, I was fucking I was resting on my oh, I was having a good rest oh, fuck oh. so anyway that's it go away uh, thank you stay and come back and see Simon Munnery straight away thank you very much for coming see you tomorrow thank you Rehef thank you goodbye thanks Rich that was great.